0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Anything Goes. I'm Emma Chamberlain, your host. I hope you're having an amazing week. Welcome back. I'm excited because today we're doing our 12th advice session. I do not know how I've done 11 of these already. Like, I do not know how it's possible. And I don't know how I still have advice left in my brain. Every time I record one of these, I'm like, how have I not run out? I'm going to run out any day now. But for now, we're going to continue doing advice sessions until I'm just dried up in the advice area of my brain. This episode is presented by Haagen-Dazs. It's love at first bite with the new Haagen-Dazs Dulce de Leche Bar, featuring rich caramel Dulce de Leche ice cream, swirled with thick, milky Dulce de Leche ribbons and dipped in milk chocolate. Indulgent? Yes. The perfect way to treat yourself? Absolutely. Find at retailers nationwide. That's Dawes. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. Dating can be exhausting. Even just getting to the dating stage is a little bit overwhelming. You know, I'm not somebody who loves casually dating. I like to be in a relationship. Finding somebody you're attracted to is challenging enough, but then making sure that you're compatible is a whole other challenge. Well, Bumble is helping take some of the pressure off. Now you can make the first move, or not. It's entirely up to you, thanks to Bumble's new feature, Opening Moves. It's a simple way to start conversations. Just choose a question and let your matches reply to kick off the chat. Try Opening Moves on the new Bumble. Download Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Imagine you find something that you love. Maybe you see your friend wearing a cool t-shirt, and you're like, Oh, I want that. And then they give you the website and you go on to it, and it just doesn't feel quite right. That doesn't make you want to buy that t-shirt. A good website is crucial when it comes to selling your product or a brand. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. It's okay if you don't know the first thing about design. You can choose from professionally curated layouts with the Squarespace blueprint. Squarespace even has AI can help you kickstart or update your website copy. If you're selling products, Squarespace makes checkout seamless for your customers with simple but powerful payment methods. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code Emma. Advice session number 12. I can't believe it. Um, Advice session is basically where you guys tweet at me. On the Twitter, at AG Podcast, situations that you need advice on. And then I, to the best of my ability, give you advice. It's pretty fucking simple and I'm excited. Let's get into it. First thing somebody said is how to be happy. That is very broad. Um, but I wanted to touch on it because I was watching a TED Talk the other day And I don't remember who was speaking, so I can't give them credit. So I'm sorry about that. But I heard them talk about how in order to be happy, you need to have goals. You need to have a goal that you're striving towards. And I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I really think that the foundation of a happy life is having something that you're working towards. Having a goal. Having something that gets you to wake up in the morning, something that keeps you going. I find for me personally, when I don't have goals and when I'm just kind of floating by in life, that's when I tend to get the most depressed and the most unhappy and the most reckless in a sense. When I don't have something that I'm working towards, I can so easily fall into a depressive state because it's so easy to start pondering like what the point of life is when you don't have a goal that you're striving towards. Having goals in any capacity give you something to live for and I think as humans we struggle to find sometimes a purpose in this life. Not everybody struggles with this but I would say majority of people struggle with this, trying to find their purpose, trying to find something to work towards. That's a huge struggle for humans. And when we don't have it, it's easy to fall into a depressive state. So I would say, although this advice is broad, the best advice on how to be happy is to find a goal, which will then give you a purpose. Because just having nice things or just having good friends or just kind of like floating by is great. But I would say in order to feel true happiness, you need to have a goal. And your goal could be that at some point you want to get a certain job Your goal could be that you want to improve in a hobby. Your goal could be that you want to make more friends. Your goal could be that you want to host dinner parties every weekend. Your goal could be that you want to start stepping up your fashion game. Like whatever it may be, having goals like that keep you inspired in life. And I think that the more goals that you have and the more things that you can consistently work towards, the better. I don't think that there's any limit. You can keep adding things on, keep adding hobbies, keep adding career goals, keep adding social goals. You know, there's no reason to limit yourself. Create as many goals as you can. And I think that that helps make you feel purpose. Somebody said, how do you fight imposter syndrome? So if you don't know what imposter syndrome is, imposter syndrome is basically, should I fucking I think we've talked about this before on my podcast, but it's very prevalent in my personal life because I actually have imposter syndrome. Um, So I thought we'd talk about it again. Imposter syndrome is loosely defined as doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud. It disproportionately affects high achieving people who find it difficult to accept their accomplishments. Many question whether they're deserving of their accolades. So I have this. I constantly feel like I am undeserving of my accomplishments. I feel like I somehow cheated to get where I am. I've always had this problem. It's gotten worse in my later years. It's very awful (laughs) because I cannot accept any level of accomplishment in my own life. And that sucks because being proud of yourself is such a great thing, you know? Um, And so literally mentally not being able to accept your own accomplishments is a fucking bummer. (laughs) But, How I fight it is I try to look at my own life and my own accomplishments from somebody else's perspective. I try to take myself out of my own brain, take myself out of my own psyche, and look at it in a general view, from a general perspective. Instead of looking at my own accomplishments from my own lens and from my own point of view, I try to look at my accomplishments as my mom would look at me and my accomplishments. Or how maybe my friends would view my accomplishments. And I've even tried to imagine if one of my friends was me. Okay, this is confusing. I try to basically look at myself as if I'm friends with myself and I'm not me, if that makes sense. And I try to think about how I would treat a friend if they had accomplished what I accomplished. So how would I treat my friend if they accomplished blank? Well, I would congratulate them and I'd be extremely excited for them and I would feel genuine happiness and excitement right so I try to look at myself as if I am my own friend it's very weird I'm not gonna lie to you not much has worked but I've tried those things and they've helped a little bit and they might work even better for you so that is how I try to fight imposter syndrome. But actually, the strategy that I just described of kind of looking at yourself from somebody else's perspective, looking at yourself not through your own lens is something that I think is really helpful in other areas of life as well. For example, if you're really hard on yourself, I know I'm really fucking hard on myself all the time. I'm constantly like bullying myself and being like, oh, you're not good enough. You need to you know, work harder and you're not working hard enough and you're, you know, lazy and you don't deserve to lay in bed and, you know, you need to read ten 1, hundred books a week and you need to work for 200 hours a week. Like, I'm constantly beating myself up, right? When I take a step back and I look at myself from someone else's perspective, for example, my parents or my friends, I try to look at myself through how they see me and they would never call me lazy for wanting to lay in bed all day sometimes. They would never judge me. They would never think that I was a loser. You know what I'm saying? So why should I? I think that it's really important to step back sometimes and look at yourself more objectively and look at yourself as a real human being. You know what I'm saying? I think we forget to do that sometimes. We get so caught up in our own heads that we start beating ourselves up for not being perfect or for not being the most productive, perfect person on this planet. But I can guarantee that you wouldn't expect that of your friends. You wouldn't expect your friends to get up every day at 5 a.m. and exercise and journal and read a book and work all day and then go to bed at 8 30 p.m. and be the most productive, perfect human being on this fucking planet. You wouldn't expect your friend to do that. You wouldn't judge your friend if they didn't do that because chances are they don't do that anyway so you see what I'm saying like look at yourself like you are your own friend and I think that that helps with being kinder to yourself you know I need to do that more recently I feel like I've kind of gotten bad about being too hard on myself I, I go through phases like that all the time but anyway Somebody said female hygiene tips. Um, I don't have that many female hygiene tips because I really don't think I do anything that crazy. But I will tell you, the biggest life-changing female hygiene tip that I've ever received was from my mom. And it was to buy special soap for your vagina. Okay, nobody's talking about this. When I was growing up, I used body wash like normal body wash everywhere okay this is probably TMI but I don't care um I don't even know like I, I wonder if my audience is primarily female probably so whatever if you are not using special soap for your vagina you need to be doing that because your vagina is very sensitive and it needs a very sensitive soap that helps to keep your pH balance in your cooter happy and healthy so that is the best female hygiene advice I have buy vagina soap okay it's life-changing it keeps everything happy and healthy baby that's that's all I got Somebody said, I literally cannot let him go. It's been so long and I feel and hope like he's going to come back. Do I reach out? What do I do? Please, please help. It sounds like to me you need a definite answer. You need either a definite yes or a definite no. This requires communication. Definitely reach out to him because even if he gives you an answer that you don't like, even if he comes to you and he says, I'm done. I'm not going to do this relationship again. I'm done. We need to move on. It's over. That's better than not knowing. Because right now, you're holding up your own life, waiting around for him. You need a definite answer. You need a definite yes or no. And if he can't give that to you, then take it as a no. And who knows? He may come back at some point. But you need closure. Or you need a chance to start over but you need one or the other because you can't live in this limbo of being like are we together are we not are we going to get back together are we not that holds you back from living your life you know what I mean because if he comes to you and he's like we're done then you can go out and start finding a new bay hello you know and you know the interesting thing about human psychology is that the more I do research on it, the more I realize how much of our realities are determined by our own mindset. And I I promise that this relates to the topic I'm discussing right now. For example, if you think that the world is out to get you, if you think that everybody fucking hates you and you think that Everybody is your enemy. Because your brain is more aware of that, you're going to start to see it more in your day-to-day life because you're subconsciously thinking about it, right? Because you're in that mindset. So you're going to notice when somebody gives you a slightly dirty look in the grocery store, whereas if you're in a good spot and your mindset is more like, you know, I don't really care what people think about me. I have good people in my life. And you know, I treat people the absolute best I can. And how they respond to that is up to them. You know what I mean? If you kind of have more of that type of mindset, you're not really going to care or even necessarily notice when somebody gives you a dirty look at the grocery store, because your brain is not subconsciously thinking that the world is out to get you. So do you see what I'm saying here? It's like our subconscious mind is more responsible than we think of how we perceive the world. My point of this is, let's say you're in a situation with maybe an ex or maybe somebody that you are considering dating, but there's no definite answer or whatever. Let's say you're in a spot with this type of person where you don't know what's next. Like you don't know if you guys are going to date. There's maybe some cold feet or there's maybe some hesitation from the other party and they're like, eh, I don't know if I'm ready to commit. Maybe they're kind of wishy-washy and they're, you know, pushing you around and blending you up like you're in a fucking blender emotionally, right? Let's say you're in a situation like that. The reason why being in a situation like that is so harmful is because subconsciously, you're not going to be looking outward. And you're going to miss potential opportunities to meet somebody who actually would want to commit, who would actually be a great significant other like you might miss out on someone else because you're so busy fixated on this one person that is not giving you the commitment that you deserve you see what I'm saying but because you're fixated on it you're gonna miss potential other people that are around you and I don't think that we realize that because I know I've been in some toxic situations where it's like Half in, half out, not fully committed, whatever. And I was fine with being in a situation like that at the time because I was like, well, if I did meet somebody else, then I would just break this off and, you know, go be with that person, right? But what I didn't realize was that because I was all locked up in this complicated situation, it's not a relationship, but like situation, right? I wasn't paying attention to other potential options and I was holding myself back. So eliminating that helps you move forward. Moral of the story is you need to communicate with this guy, say, are we doing this or are we not all in or not in at all? Because I need to either move on or I want to start working on our relationship and developing our relationship. You need to make up your fucking mind this episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Imagine you find something that you love. Maybe you see your friend wearing a cool t-shirt and you're like, oh, I want that. And then they give you the website and you go onto it and it just doesn't feel quite right. That doesn't make you want to buy that t-shirt. A good website is crucial when it comes to selling your product or a brand. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. It's okay if you don't know the first thing about design. You can choose from professionally curated layouts with the Squarespace blueprint. Squarespace even has AI that can help you kickstart or update your website copy. If you're selling products, Squarespace makes checkout seamless for your customers with simple but powerful payment methods. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code Emma. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. At eBay, authentic is always in season. When you see the blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, it means their handbag experts are making sure your arm candy is nothing short of the real thing. They're checking all the details from the leather to the logo, carry-all or clutch. We all love a handbag that turns heads. Knowing it's the real deal makes it that much sweeter. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, You'll carry with confidence. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Somebody said Have you ever met a new person that you feel like you can't be yourself around? If so, what's your advice? I have many times. And what I've found with that type of social interaction is that usually what it means is that whoever you just met, right, who doesn't make you feel comfortable, they're nervous. Okay, that's it. That's, well, I guess that's not necessarily true now that I think about it because I think that there's two types of people that at least for me, make me uncomfortable. Number one, people who are overly confident, but not in a cocky way, though, like just super comfortable with themselves, like 200% themselves, and just are unapologetic about it. That can make me nervous sometimes, but also when somebody is on the other side of the spectrum and they're completely insecure and kind of judgmental and kind of an asshole. So I would say with the first type of person, the really overly confident, the really, you know, secure person, this is intimidating because you're like, damn, I am not on your level and I can feel it. Like I am not as in tune with myself as you are. And when you feel that within somebody else, it rattles your foundation because you're like, damn, this person is 10 steps ahead of me, you know, and it's normal to meet people and feel like that sometimes. And then you feel like you don't know how to rise to the occasion because you're not there yet, you know, like you haven't reached that level of self-confidence or whatever it may be and i can to- and i get intimidated by people like that all the time but what i remember is is that okay these people are extremely confident they don't give a fuck about me they don't give a fuck about you know not like they don't give a fuck about me but they're comfortable with themselves you know what i mean which means that they're probably not paying attention to you as much as you think, you know what I'm saying? They're not hyper analyzing every single thing that you say and every movement you make. They're comfortable with themselves. They have a good relationship with themselves. And people who are like that don't tend to judge because they don't care. They feel, judgment comes from insecurity. So somebody who's really comfortable with themselves, really confident, stuff like that, They're probably not gonna judge you because they have no reason to. They're comfortable with themselves. I've said that seven times, but you get what I'm saying. Like They have, they're fulfilled within themselves. They don't care about what you're doing. And they're not hyper fixating on what you're doing because they're just one of those people that has a homeostasis between their mind, body and soul. And listen, I bet even those people have bad days. I bet even those people have moments of insecurity and judgment towards others. But in general, I feel like those people, as intimidating as they may be, are the least judgmental. And I try to remind myself of that and just speak to them as if they're my best friend. You know what I mean? Speak to them as if we've been friends for years. And if you do that for like two minutes, it starts to become more and more natural until next thing you know, you feel comfortable around them. Might take a few times of hanging out, but you know you figure it out. But the other type of person that can make you feel uncomfortable is somebody who's kind of judgmental, kind of mean, kind of an asshole. Let me tell you, it, it, it that all comes from insecurity. If I look back at moments when I've been more judgmental or more of an asshole in general, It's been because I was insecure. Simple as that. Like that always comes from insecurity. So if you're hanging around somebody and they're just judgmental and mean and whatever, it's probably because they're really insecure. And when you look at it like that, it puts it into perspective so that you can realize that there's nothing to be nervous about. Like you can just be yourself because guess what? That might be inspiring to them. That might actually rub off on them. When somebody is maybe being judgmental towards you or judgmental towards others or being just an asshole in general, don't look at it in a way of like, oh, they're better than me because, you know, they, they like. The thing is, people are negative like that because it makes them feel powerful. You know what I mean? It makes them feel strong because hatred is a very strong thing. So it makes them feel powerful. But in fact, it's a weakness, you know, and we all have moments of weakness like this. It's not like, There are some people that are completely exempt from being judgmental or negative or an asshole sometimes. Not at all. But I'm just saying that if somebody is frequently judgmental and frequently an asshole, it's a weakness. It's not something that makes them have the upper hand. So by you being yourself around them, you might inspire them to get off their high horse and be themselves But if nothing else, you should feel comfortable to be yourself because they're going to be hating on everything. So it's not personal. Um, I don't know. I would say when it comes to being yourself around people, I think that the general practice should be to try to just talk to everybody like they're already your friend. That's what I do. I talk to everybody like we're already friends. And sometimes it's more uncomfortable than other times, but it's a really good habit because now I feel like it takes me less time to become truly myself around people because I just talk to everybody like they're my friend already, you know, and I try to always keep interactions really casual between people. Like, you know, when you first meet somebody and it's kind of awkward and it's like, hey, oh, nice to meet you. I don't do that. I literally am like, Oh, what up? Like I literally, and when you just set the tone like that, it makes all the difference. But listen, it takes a lot of practice and you have to keep working at it every single day. It's like, it definitely gets easier, but you know, you have to keep working on it throughout life. Somebody said, how can I start new projects to make my life more varied and interesting? a few months ago I had a moment where I was like, okay, I need to expand my hobbies. I need to do the whole thing. Like I need to start finding some interests because I was spending every day on TikTok playing Fortnite, like doing shit like that. I was like, I can't be doing this. Like I, I cannot be doing this. I need to find something that's fulfilling for me. Um, you know, I need to find a more fulfilling way to spend my time. And so I bought a drum set and a sewing machine and I started reading books. Now, what I learned from this was that when it comes to starting new projects or starting new hobbies or whatever it may be, the key is to not force them. Okay. Because I tried to force myself to learn how to sew. It didn't work. I wasn't that excited about it. And so it didn't stick. And it was because I was forcing myself to learn how to sew. Whereas with reading books or playing drums, I was excited about those things. Like I wanted to get out of bed to play drums or I wanted to lay in bed and read a book for an hour. Like those were things that I actually wanted to do and that I actually felt motivated to do. And that and those things stuck. And I think the key is is that don't be hard on yourself if some things don't stick because it's just going to be that way. It's about trying out a bunch of new things, finding what sticks, finding what you want to do every day and leaning into that. You know what I'm saying? At some point I might get into sewing. I now have a sewing machine for no fucking reason. Um, I might get into it one day it's, it's here and I might end up falling in love with it at some point, but right now it's not going to work. It's not working. I don't want to do it. I have no motivation to do it. It's too difficult. It's too stressful. I don't want to do it. I'm not pressuring myself to do that. I'm not like, Oh, I, I wanted to start this hobby I'm not going to stop until I am perfect at it. I'm not going to do that because that just makes you get burnt out. And that's not the point of having hobbies. The point of having hobbies is that it's supposed to enhance your life. So if you're forcing yourself to do something and it's not natural and it's not organic, stop and find something else. You know, there's unlimited hobbies. Another thing I started getting getting into like exercising more and I started running a little bit more. And I always hated running, But I like, you know, started getting into it. And then I was like, okay, this is sticking. Like, I want to keep doing this. I'm enjoying this. So I'm just going to lean into it, you know? And if at some point I no longer like running, or if at some point I'm kind of over reading books, or if at some point I don't really want to play drums anymore, I'm going to stop and find something else, you know? The point of hobbies is to have something that you can work on, that's enjoyable, but that also enhances your life. And if, you're, if you have to force yourself to do it, then it's not worth it. So the key to starting new projects is to find things that are not so difficult that you're like stressed out about them, you know? Find something that's fun, not a chore, you know? Somebody said, this might be random, but how do you get comfortable eating in front of others? I go through phases where I will get like anxious eating in front of people because I don't know what I look like when I'm eating and I feel like it could be really not cute. (laughs) But okay, the thing with these little anxieties that we have, you know, whether it's eating in front of people or exercising in front of other people or wearing a new outfit. Or whatever it may be. These kind of inconsequential but still nerve-wracking things that you feel like could be potentially embarrassing. The thing about all these things that we have to remember is that nobody is really paying attention. Think of this right now. When was the last time you were eating a meal with somebody and you watched them eat? I cannot name one time. I could not tell you what anybody in my life looks like when they're eating. I can't even remember it, okay? So think of it like that. Like people are so focused on themselves. You do not need to like hyper fixate on what you look like when you're eating because nobody else is paying attention. Also, things like eating or exercising or you know trying out a new outfit or a new style or a new like whatever it may be. All of that stuff is so normal, you know, it's all normal stuff. And chances are nobody's even going to think twice about it. So just remember that that really helps me. And also it's it's also practice makes perfect. Like just every time, you know, you get invited to a dinner party, go and face that fear as often as you can. Because then you'll start to realize, oh, wait, nothing bad is happening. You know, then there you go. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. When you're feeling down, sometimes it's good to be alone. But talking can also be a big help. Keeping everything bottled up is not great for your health. It would cause me a lot of stress and anxiety. It's almost like, I use this metaphor a lot, but it's almost like carrying a backpack around. And when you have stuff bottled up, it gets added to the backpack. And when you talk about it, you get to take it out of the backpack. Now the backpack's a little bit lighter. Once I got older and I learned how to communicate. I never stopped because I like having an empty backpack. It just feels better and my quality of life is better. When you need to talk and need a safe space, I highly recommend therapy. It's a great way to work through whatever's bothering you in a judgment-free place. There's something really special about having a resource to talk to that is not involved in your life on a personal level. So if you want to give therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's also easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash anything today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, hel dot com slash anything. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. Dating can be exhausting. Even just getting to the dating stage is a little bit overwhelming. You know, I'm not somebody who loves casually dating. I like to be in a relationship. Finding somebody you're attracted to is challenging enough, but then making sure that you're compatible is a whole other challenge. Well, Bumble is helping take some of the pressure off. Now you can make the first move or not. It's entirely up to you. Thanks to Bumble's new feature, Opening Moves. It's a simple way to start conversations. Just choose a question and let your matches reply to kick off the chat. Try Opening Moves on the new Bumble. Download Bumble now. Somebody said, do you have any book recommendations? Yes. So I've read a few books now. I, I just started getting into reading a few months ago and I've only read a few books. I would say the two recommendations I have are, number one, The Razor's Edge by W. Somerset Mom. Good luck spelling that. Um, I don't know how to spell it. But it's a really great book and I like it because the story is not something super crazy or sensational. It's not like a crazy murder mystery or a crazy, you know, dramatic tale. It's a simple recount of a character, like, and their life. And their life is interesting, but it's not, like, the most interesting life ever. It's it's the way that the book is written that, like, transports you into the setting of the story. And there's a lot of really interesting characters. And it's weirdly a very interesting book, even though it's not that crazy. Like, not that much is going on in it, but yet it's really interesting and so that's the type of book I like I like a book that is realistic and that's honest and that makes me feel like I'm with them you know this book is great so and and it kind of talks about it touches on relationships and social status and you know it takes place in Europe and the United States so, you know, it's nice to kind of feel like I'm in Paris when I'm reading the book, when the book is talking about Paris, whatever. It's a great book. That's a really great book. Another great book, the first book that I read was East of Eden. I don't know what it is about this book, but I, It. I mean, I've not read a book since that has impacted me as deeply. There's so many philosophical discussions throughout the book that really make you think about your own life and there are so many great characters that again can help you reflect on yourself in your own life it's just a great book and it it follows like multiple generations of multiple families but it's so like you know, you become really emotionally invested in the characters and in the families because you're following families through generations. And it's like, I don't know, you guys, I can't explain it, but you need to read East of Eden. Like it was the first book I ever read and it was life changing for me. Not only was weirdly comforting, but it also provided different perspectives for me. And I think that that's what makes a good book is a book that really makes you think about yourself and makes you reflect on your own behavior. And I feel like East of Eden really did that for me. Um, So those are my two book recommendations. Somebody said, I feel really confused about my mental health. I distract myself 24-7 so that I never really have to think about what's going on in my brain. I don't know if I'm happy or sad or numb. Do you have advice on how to figure this out? I would say you need to find some activities that kind of force you to think. I'll give you some examples. So for me, going on a jog or a run or going on the treadmill and walking or something, that forces me to think because I'm not going on my phone. I'm just listening to music and I'm stuck in my own head. And the few times a week that I do some sort of running, walking, jogging, I'm usually reflecting subconsciously. And I find that it, it it's a good time for me to think because I'm not just laying in bed and staring at the ceiling. I'm being active. I'm listening to music, whatever. But because I'm not going on my phone, I'm forced to reflect on my own feelings. Um, another thing that I do is like the other day I went and I got a massage and while I was getting this massage, I was like subconsciously working through things. And it was interesting because I told my dad after I was like, I got this massage, but the whole time I was just like kind of anxious and like thinking about shit. Right. And he was like, well, I think maybe getting the massage forced you to lay there and work through your shit. And I was like, that's honestly really true. I think the key is to integrate activities that kind of force you to be a little bit bored, whether that's running or getting a massage or going for a walk or going for a long drive, whatever it may be, forcing yourself to be a little bit bored so that you are forced to work through your problems. But obviously, I always am a huge um, advocate for journaling. I think that taking your journal and just starting to write about how you feel will help to unlock more things than you even anticipate before you start journaling. Like you'll start writing about one thing and next thing you know, you're like writing about 10 other things that are bothering you. You have to kind of unlock your brain in that sense. You have to start the chain reaction of unpacking what's going on in your head. But the only way to do that is to just start writing about something. What's the first thing that you can think of that's bothering you or affecting you in any way? Good, bad, neutral, whatever. What's affecting you in general? Start writing about it and then more things will will come out. Somebody said, I struggle with physical touch I want to have a connection with this guy I like a lot, but I literally almost have a panic attack when I think that we might hold hands. Like I'm 19, please help. Y'all, I still have this problem. Like I still get really nervous about physical affection. I mean, the longer that you're in a relationship or the longer that, you know, you're close with somebody, the more comfortable that you get. But I still get kind of nervous sometimes. I I think the key is to push yourself out, out of your comfort zone, but not to a point where you're getting a panic attack. You know what I'm saying? Because I've actually gotten, I think, so one time, I think I got a panic attack when a guy that I was dating, like, had his arm around me. Because I couldn't stop shaking and I was like trying to hide it, but I couldn't stop shaking and I was like, and my breathing was all fucked up and I couldn't breathe. And I think I've talked about this. I think I've told the story before, but anyway, I didn't know what was wrong with me, but in retrospect, I think I was having a panic attack because I was so fucking nervous. The thing is, some people are really comfortable with physical affection. That's great. Good for them whatever. Personally, I'm not like that. Okay. You're not like that. The key for us is to, I think, number one, push ourselves out of our comfort zone to a certain extent, but not to a point where we're getting a panic attack. It's all about small baby steps, you know, maybe grabbing their arm for a second and then letting go and like just practicing. But more than anything, it's about finding somebody that you're comfortable with. Because I'm not as nervous about physical touch once I'm comfortable with somebody. So it's about growing an intimate emotional relationship with somebody because that helps so much with the physical element. When I don't feel really connected to somebody emotionally, the whole physical touch element is out the window. I can't even do it because I'm so nervous around them. I cannot have that level of vulnerability with them. And so I need to feel really emotionally comfortable with somebody. And so I think that the key is to nurture your relationship physically and emotionally, not just physically and not just emotionally. Taking baby steps in both because they help each other out. You know what I'm saying? They go hand in hand. If you can like find yourself in a deep talk with this guy, maybe you guys go on a drive one night and you guys talk about something deep, like maybe something from your past or something philosophical that you believe in, I can guarantee that having a deep conversation with this guy will make you feel more comfortable to go and grab their hand because you've had a vulnerable emotional moment with this person and you now know them better. And that familiarity, is, is that even a word, familiarity? whatever, will make you feel more comfortable with reaching out and grabbing their hand because you know them better. So you're not going to have that fear of rejection like, oh, what if they don't want to hold my hand back? Or, oh, what if this weirds them out or freaks them out? If you have a deep conversation with this person or a long conversation with this person even, it will help you feel more comfortable to take those steps and you have a better gauge as to who they are. So you'll feel more comfortable. Somebody said, how do you know whether you should leave a situation or whether you should try to fix things? I think the simple answer to this is that you have to look at whether or not the situation is toxic. That's it. That's the only question that you need to ask yourself. Is this toxic or is this not? If it's not toxic, you stay in it. If it is toxic, you leave. But toxic can look a lot of different ways. And sometimes it's a little bit less obvious. You know, toxic could even mean that you and this other person are codependent and you can't do anything without each other. That's toxic. It's not as obvious as, say, you know, some form of emotional abuse or something like that's a more, you know, easy to, it's not easy always, but that's maybe a more extreme version of toxicity, a more severe version that, you know, requires more of a quick exit. You know what I'm saying? Like if something's like emotionally or physically abusive, that's obviously, Toxic, and obviously, you need to evacuate that situation ASAP. But when you're, say, codependent with somebody, you guys might have a great relationship, but your codependence might be holding you both back from being independent and having your own identity in life. That's toxic, but it's less obvious because nobody's getting hurt. The negative effects are more long term and they're more of a slow burn, right? So it's a little bit harder to distinguish. So really look at your situation, whether it be a relationship, a work environment, a school environment, whatever it may be, look at it and really weigh the pros and cons. Like really write down the pros and cons or make a mental list and see if this is actually something that's, toxic or if it's just difficult right now like in friendships in relationships at school at work there are going to be moments when things are difficult when things are boring when things are uncomfortable when things aren't flowing as they should and that's normal but it's about distinguishing whether or not it's toxic or if it's just in a lull it's not easy but make a list of pros and cons, look at it from a bird's eye view. Is this harming me more than it's benefiting me? And if the answer is yes, then you, know, you should probably leave. But if something is like just in a dull moment or just in a kind of rough patch, and you know that the chance of it getting better and going back to normal are high, And in the meantime, it's not destroying you or ruining your life. That's something that's worth fixing because in life, sorry, but nothing is all sunshine and roses all the time. So in most things and with most situations and with most people, there are going to be moments that are kind of difficult and need to be worked through. But it's about determining whether or not it's toxic. So I recently just moved about a month ago and let me tell you it was a nightmare Moving in general is a nightmare There were so many things that I needed that I didn't realize that I needed before I moved in and I felt like The nightmare was never ending. Finally, I'm settled in but it was a journey Thank God for Macy's because Macy's hooked me up with all the different things that I needed. They had the most random things that I didn't even know that I needed. Appliances, cooking utensils, hangers, like everything that you can imagine. Right now, Macy's has a Black Friday in July event from July 7th to the 12th. And there's a ton on sale. Everything that you need to stock up for summer, from beach wear to lotions to summer barbecue supplies... And if you listen to the show, you know that I love Macy's because they really do have everything you could ever need. So I've been filling my cart with a ton of stuff, not only for things that I need for after the move, but also a bunch of summer essentials. I loaded up on all the sunscreen on Macy's.com recently. Like, I just didn't have a good sunscreen collection. Going into the summer, and I was like, "No, we need to load up because I want to preserve my skin. I do not want, I do not want to get wrinkles when I'm like 25." So I loaded up on the sunscreen, and I also got some new beach towels, which was very exciting. Also, I've recently updated my custom site over at Macy's.com/emma with a buying guide for you guys with all of my favorite picks. Not only is it full of some great items for home and for summertime, but I also have a ton of really cute summer fashion items on there. There are so many trends I'm obsessed with right now, so I added a bunch of my favorites over at Macy's.com slash Emma. There's some really cute hats from Ralph Lauren on there. I'm obsessed with baseball caps for summer. There are some of those on there. Um, some sunglasses from Vogue Eyewear, Ray-Ban, Some bikinis from Roxy for that kind of 90s summer vibe. The whole nine yards, baby. Go check it out. Macy's.com slash Emma. And make sure you check out Macy's Black Friday in July sale and look through all my favorite picks for summer at Macy's.com slash Emma. Check it out. Somebody said, I've been a dancer ever since I can remember, but I seem to have lost my passion for it because it's so toxic and my ballet teacher is really mean. I want to quit because it causes me so much anxiety, but I don't want to waste all of the years in practice I've put into it. You know what's really interesting is I think that we hold ourselves back so much in life because we don't want to waste our time, but there's completely ironic side to this so let's say it's in a relationship or with a job or with a hobby we may grow out of it but instead of ending it and moving on to the next thing a lot of us will stay in it and try to make it work because we feel like if we move on to the next thing then we wasted all of this time nurturing and exploring the old thing. The thing is, any experience that you have in life teaches you something. It's never a waste of time. Let's say you're in a relationship and it ends. You did not waste time being in that relationship. In that relationship, you learned things. You learned how you behave in a relationship. You learned what you want In your next relationship, you learned about maybe how to feel more comfortable with being physically affectionate. Like you probably learned more things than you even realized from being in that relationship. And even though you guys didn't get married or the relationship didn't last forever, it doesn't mean you didn't learn anything. Same thing with like this specific situation. You've been dancing for years. You are over it. You don't want to do it anymore. The amount of stuff that you learned from being a dancer your whole life is priceless. And if you quit tomorrow, that doesn't mean that all of the stuff that you learned is just going straight in the trash can. Absolutely not. You probably learned about how to be dedicated, how to manage your time, because being a dancer is very time consuming. You probably learned about how to be on a team. If you were on a dance team, you may have learned about work ethic because being a dancer again is difficult. You have to have a work ethic. Like the things that you learned from that are going to make you even better in your next passion. You know, when you go to pursue your next passion or your next interest or hobby or whatever it may be, you know the stuff that you learned from being a dancer is going to make you even better at all that stuff. So it's not a waste of time. It served its purpose in your life and now it's done. It's not serving you anymore. Now it's holding you back. Let go of it, accept that you have gotten everything that you possibly can from it and move forward. And that applies to literally everything in life. Somebody said, can you give us tips on how to journal? Like give us starters because I get overwhelmed whenever I try to journal and I know it would be good for me to do. Yes. I will give you a few prompts that could be good for journaling. Um, One that I like to do is write about a good thing that happened to me that day and a bad thing that happened to me that day. That's a great one. Another journal prompt that I use a lot is Writing down all of the things that I want to happen to me. Either in the near future or in the far future. You could also write down five things that are making you excited. And five things that are stressing you out. That's a great journal prompt. Another one is you can write five things that you're stressed out about. And then five ways that you can fix them. Fix the things that you're stressed about. Like how that could solve those problems. I always think it's nice to write down, you know, things that you're grateful for. So writing down just like as many things you're grateful for as possible. A journal prompt I use quite frequently is just, how was your day? And I just write a full recount of my full day and talk about, you know, the different emotions I felt throughout the day. Why they made me feel that way. Maybe how I'm going to do it differently tomorrow, stuff like that. Um, you can also obviously, I mean, you can Google journal prompts and that's really helpful too but those are the ones I usually do and I find that they're really helpful somebody said hi Emma I need your advice on my 15 month long relationship recently things have been uninteresting and I found myself getting really bored I feel so guilty because he's the most amazing guy I've ever met he has all the qualities a girl could have ever ask for I think I've talked about this before but something that's so interesting about Dating is that the thing about dating and the truth about dating is that it's not. It how do I explain this? It's like at a certain point in a relationship, the emotions level out. You know, like all of the excitement is kind of gone because you know you have each other and it's great, but the excitement is gone because. It's comfortable and you kind of get into a routine and things get comfortable and inevitably they're going to get boring. Now, I think that the thing that young people need to remember is that being in a healthy relationship comes with boredom and it's up to you whether you want to be in a relationship in your younger years And potentially have moments of boredom. Or if you want to go out onto the dating scene and have exciting two-week, two-month flings here and there. And have that be your thing. Because both of them, you learn something from both of them. Let me tell you. You will. It's about deciding what works best for your life in the moment. Because let me tell you, if you decided to break up with your boyfriend and go kind of, you know, be a free agent and just I don't know, float around a little bit, you might have more fun and you might be more entertained, but that will only last for so long because then at a certain point that you're gonna want a deeper connection. You know what I'm saying? And I think that when you're in a healthy relationship, you have to have strength and you have to push through the boring moments because the reward is that you have somebody by your side 24/7 that's got your back you know whereas when you're maybe in a single phase and you're whatever that's not the case and that's totally fine because there are times in your life when that is more than important but if you're in a healthy relationship and it's going well and the only problem is that you're bored you just need to push through it because it's going to happen. It's just going to happen. you know, a thing that you can do that's fun is start spicing up the activities that you guys do together, you know, start cooking together, maybe go on little road trips together. It, it, sometimes you just need to kinda get out of your rhythm, you know what I mean? You kind of need to like get out of your routine because I think that in relationships it's so easy to fall into a routine like, Oh, you know, we go to brunch on the weekends and besides that, like we just kind of live at home together and that's it. Like it's easy to fall into a routine like that. Throw some spontaneity in there, you know, that can really help revive the relationship. But at the end of the day, I think that you just need to come to terms with the fact that sometimes your relationship is not gonna be the most interesting part of your life, especially when it's healthy because there's no drama. There's no drama. It's just healthy and it's easy and it's like whatever. That can get boring, you know? But in a weird way, I think that that's actually a good sign. So anyway, that's all I got for today. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. I hope that you enjoyed. I hope that you got something from it. I really loved hanging out with you today. If you want to participate in the next advice session, the Twitter is at AG podcast. I also tweet out prompts so that you guys can ask questions for episodes on there. So feel free to follow it if you want to participate. Also follow Anything Goes on any of the platforms that you listen to podcasts. And last but not least, leave Anything Goes a review if you'd like on Apple Podcasts. It really, really helps me out. And I love reading them and... You guys are just the fucking sweetest and I really appreciate all of your reviews and spending time with you. So anyway, I had a lot of fun. I will see you next week. Have an amazing rest of your week. And that's all I got. Love you.